0: It's Friday the 24th of March. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Dan McHugh here and I'm joined by Brisbane comedian Shadwicker. Hey mate. G'day guys. How you doing? Yeah, good. I believe you've been doing a run of shows called how I Almost Killed a Guy. What's all mm. that about, mate?
1: Well, I think it's in the title there, Dan. Um, it was pretty self-explanatory <laughs> like show title. throttle someone at work or what? <laughs> it's, um, it's about a wild adventure I had traveling in Colombia many years ago. So it's a bit of a nostalgic kind of trip. I guess trip being the operative word um, about how I got a little bit too messed up in Colombia and almost killed someone. So a few Arch. twisted turns in the, uh, in the story, but it's a good laugh. And it's going to be Melbourne kicking off on Tuesday or Wednesday next week, actually. And I've got to say... Opening night is looking grim, so if anyone's listening in Melbourne, please come to the show. It's at the Belfry on Brunswick Street, seven p.m. Uh, it should be a good laugh. So hold on a second. When you it, you made it sound like you almost killed someone, but then you were like, "Don't worry, mate, gotcha." Well, I mean, you have to you you have to really watch the show. I don't want to give too much away. It's <laughs> okay, a bit okay, of a okay. twist. Uh, sounds very Hangover-esque. Yeah, cool. But it is. It, you know what it kind of is? It kind of is. I mean, you know, obviously it's it's all set in Colombia, so you can imagine that there's, um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, looking at art. <laughs> <Martin>. Anyway. <laughs>
0: okay, today on the show we'll be discussing plenty of sport, uh, cricket, AFL, NRL, world game and much more. Hey, Stephen Ferris here, one half of Fire Up I'm here with the great Chris Gale, the other half of Fire Up And Stephen, we've had a lot of fun with Rugby League over the years But with the way the concussions and HIAs are going I give the game about five years It's looking dark and gloomy, Chris So you may as well come and tune into the Fire Up podcast now And listen to the last days of Rugby League As we see the little stuff, it's a soap opera and you're going to love it Find Fire Up on any podcast app Hey Shad, Australia have won two out of three matches of the ODI series in India and it really
1: feels like now that Australia have won, no one's paying any attention. Why is that? I have said this a million times when you've had me come on this podcast, whether Shane Lee's here or whoever the guest is, there is too much cricket and I think the fact that Australia has won this one and won by 21 runs too, so it was a good win against Mm -hmm. India, but we're just over it. We're just really over it. There's also a problem, I think as well with Australia that you know if you're out of mind out of sight, out of mind, um, not to mention the fact that the AFL and the NRL have now kicked yeah. off. So I think people's interest in cricket I, I really honestly think that cricket Australia and uh, really overestimated how how interested we would be, yeah in the actual sport this year because it feels like cricket has been getting played consistently all year round.
0: It does feel like that, (laughs) and there's even more to come at the end of the year, I guess, as the footy seasons finish. October, November, we've got the ODI World Cup, India being the favourites, Australia in the top five there, so it's good to see our ODI
1: team did win. Yeah. But we'll see what happens then. I don't like our chances if I'm being honest. I think we might have to settle Australia for a little bit of a period of um I guess what it's probably good for the sport of cricket that there's a bit more parity up top. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. In certain levels of the sport, I think there's still like a glaring gap in things like some of the T20 and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: And also domestically uh the Sheffield Shield Grand Final is currently on the way or Day one finished, and it looks like they're in for a full
1: weekend of cricket. Did I not just say there's too much cricket, Dan? (laughs) Did I not just say that? (laughs) And You just brought up how there's another game of cricket, this time a test version of it. No, thank you. I'm sorry, Victoria (laughs) and WA, but it's a big no thank you from me. Um, Congratulations. I'm sure you're going to have a great time. But I will not be watching.
0: (laughs) Having a look at tennis, less than a week into the Miami Open and some big names have already dropped out, including Emma Raducanu, who dropped out in the first round, Chat.
1: Yeah, I mean, Andy Murray dropped out as well. I mean, we say big names, but they're kind of Brits that are still establishing. We know Emma Raducanu because of just her name, yeah. really, not overly because of this great, giant status. She's still 20 years old, still kind of breaking in when it comes to the tennis world of, of uh, the women's draw. This women's draw started earlier than the men's, obviously. They're still, like, working through 128. We've got Thompson and stuff playing this morning as we're recording this. Um, but my Miami is one of the higher kind of... Tennis tournament. It's obviously just below the Grand Slam. I mean, it's on the ATP's um, 1,000, you know what I mean? So it's worth a, a lot of points. Um, Coco Goff's looking good, though, I reckon, for the Miami I don't know why. It's just how I've got a feeling about Coco Goff right. on the on that side. Igor Swiatek's not even playing, so it's kind of opening up the field a little bit. Right, Bacnier is in there as well. So, I mean, there's some opportunities in the women's draw at the moment. Whenever Igor's not at a, at a tournament, then it's wide open. Hey, back to <laughs> Emma Raducanu for a second. Because,
0: uh, you know, obviously, we're, we were reading off an article uh, that we shared to get that info. But I actually Googled, why is Emma Raducanu popular? Because she is only ranked 77th in the world, um, which is, you know, mm. good, but it's not worth reporting on every five minutes. And I, I also am wondering, has she
1: already peaked? Did she peak too early? Well, because she made the second, like, well, I don't know, she was, she won the US Open a year ago and then she's failed to make a final since. So I guess, <laughs> I guess maybe it was like the uh, hottest flames by the brightest or whatever it is. I, I think. I mean, it's hard, it's hard with the hard women's tonight. side of tennis, Stan, yes. all right? You, yeah. c- you can be very harsh when it comes to the women's draw because I feel like there's a lot more parity in the women's side of tennis than there is in the men's side of tennis. We've known yeah. the men's side to have this big four and then probably the top ten kind of have a bit of a gap between them. And once you get to, like, 20 or so, there starts to be a bit of a drop. But, like, in the women's draw, like I said, after Iga Swiatek and, well, right, back to as well, she's been playing very good tennis. You kind of have a lot of these people that are one of those any given day type players. And I think Raducanu came in and made such a big splash winning the U.S. Open that she's going to stay in the frame. Um, but, you know, yeah, you, you are right. Only making round two of the Aussie Open two years in a row she made round two of the French. It was in the fourth at Wimbledon. That was pretty good. I wouldn't put a pin in it just yet. I feel like that's a bit too mean. <laughs> uh, let's have a look
0: at the world game. Uh, the Socceroos play Ecuador next week in a friendly game. And it looks like uh, they could be putting Nestri Irancunda on the field. And he'd be the youngest Socceroo in history after the Adelaide United teenager was promoted by uh, Graham Arnold into the squad recently.
1: Now, this would be because wasn't Quoll supposed to be close to our youngest uh, player Everyone, when he was going to get his debut? Um, he's 18 years old, uh, was back in September, he turned 18. So he'd be beating Quoll by what? A few months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's crazy. I mean, look, I'm, I'm all hands on deck. I mean, look, we just we need to get as many great players as we can to join the Socceroos as early as possible, I feel, because, you know, we, we had this success that I think a lot of us are asking this question after the World Cup. What, does this, what do the Socceroos do with this, you know, um, success? Over the next four years to keep it moving, I think one of the keys to that is starting to get in some young players as early as possible. Because you know, Nestri, if he just debuts in a friendly, we got four years. Yeah, you know what I mean. We have got four years for him to kind of get now get into the system and become one of our great players. And by the time the World Cup rolls around, he's going to be 21, which means he'll get about seven World Cups in. <laughs> so yeah, <young. laughs> but yeah, mate, I think it's I think it's great. It's great to see so, and it's also great to see them coming through the A League of all things, which is also looking to expand at the moment, Dan. So, yeah, you know, it's just good, good news for football. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't think
0: many people are actually that excited about there being a, a second um, grouping for the A-League. Well,
1: I mean, I didn't say
0: I was excited.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, something that is a bit more exciting is the FIFA Women's World Cup, which is on later this year. Yes. And a refreshed Ellie Carpenter has returned to the Matildas squad for the Scotland and England friendlies in April.
1: Yeah, I like this. A little bit of a stint. I think that one of the biggest things when you've got a World Cup, especially on home soil, is how do you manage, um, I guess, like fitness of players and whatnot. I, I'm, I'm just pumped for this World Cup, to mm. be honest. I don't want to lead, lead too far away from the story, but this is going to be an incredibly exciting moment for Australia and New Zealand. I feel like we always forget to mention that New Zealand's also hosting the World Cup. <laughs> no one ever mentions them for some reason. <laughs> um, Does the whole world treat them like
0: they're a state of Australia or is it just us?
1: 100%. Yeah, yeah. I think they all think that they are Australians yeah. <laughs> and it really angers a lot of our Kiwi friends. Um, but, you know, eventually they will. Come to the motherland, um, but <laughs> the man. I'm I'm pumped for this for this uh, women's World Cup. I mean, I was I was actually perusing the draws um, just last week because obviously I'm based in Brisbane, so I was keen to see what kind of matches are happening here at Suncorp Stadium because it's so big. They're kicking the Broncos out of their home ground. Um, would you believe it? For a match against the Dolphins, so the Battle of Brisbane that just happened will happen tonight. Uh, will not take place. It's a, it's a home game for the Dolphins the next time around the Broncos don't even get to play at Suncorp Stadium for round two because it has to get moved to the Gabba due to the Women's World Cup which I think is showing the respect to the world game as it, as it deserves but how's this in Australia's group alright we are bringing back some players we have the Republic of Ireland Nigeria and Canada now we are pretty handy against all those teams yeah, yeah. I like our chances Okay, I really like our chances in this uh, in this World Cup. Some people say, oh, look, last time we faltered again. Blur. Nah, not today. Yeah, but we- this is going to be our World Cup. I'm feeling home soil and a little bit of we- New Zealand. We're we faltered,
0: win. but it wasn't.
1: Horrible. No, we're pretty handy. I think obviously USA is a big name in that kind of uh, list of teams. I think Spain is another big one as well. Yeah. But we've only just recently, this past six months, beaten a few of these sides that are the big names for this yeah, draw. But or some of the them draw. didn't have any players in their teams. But anyway, I'll still yeah. take the win,
0: Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, did you see that article I sent of the goalie in Chile oh. at a game on the weekend? Who the goalkeeper kicked a goal. Mm, yeah, it was.
1: That's one of the most spectacular <laughs> moments you'll see. Um, for those that haven't seen it, like you know, goal. His goal is obviously the the rare time that a goalie gets to score is usually if they join the line, and it's the last gasp chance at trying to get a goal, and he might try and put in a header. Man, this yeah. guy—they reckon he broke the record. They reckon it was a, a, over hundred meters worth of a kick from his own end. It launched out. For some stupid reason, the opposing goalkeeper was outside of his box, so he couldn't put his hands on the ball. So he jumped to try and header it instead of running back into his box. And I love just watching it, how he had to watch it just basically trickle into the goal, just like I've done
0: the worst thing ever. Do you want to know what my (laughs) favourite bit about that little bit of footage is? Is actually The commentary. commentary. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. It's like, uh, is it Bill Withers that sings the long notes in soul music? It's like a Bill Withers moment. It's awesome. All right, guys, stay with us. We're going to go on Smoke Smoko very quickly. We'll be back after this short break talking AFL, NRL and more. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. We are the Navy Blues. We are the old, dark Navy Blues. All right, Shad. I know you're a blues fan. I'm also a blues fan
1: by family
0: lineage. Mm. So congratulations on Carlton beating Geelong
1: last night. Mate, just holding out. Eight points was the difference in the end. It makes everyone kind of question what's going on with Geelong. I thought they were supposed to be uh, a shoe in for potentially, you know, another repeat. You know what I mean? But yeah. I will take it to Thursday. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'll take a win by Carlton on Thursday night because we kicked off the season with a draw okay and i know that a lot of people were disappointed by seeing a 58 all draw all right and so was i but we've now beaten a champion side and all of these calls that people have been saying going oh carlton will make the eight carlton will make the eight i don't i refuse to believe them all right because i know this team has burned my soul before but yeah, i've got to, every i'm not, not going to lie you beat a team like Geelong. I start to I start to feel a little bit confident, and I'm worried about get hurt. The hopes, <laughs> like the Blues do
0: at the beginning of every season. They always look amazing in the first few games. Is this the year?
1: Are we back? Is this the are year? we back, I'm, guys? I'm not going to say it. Usually, I'm very quick to be like, "Look, we're going to win the flag." I'm I'm going to hold off on this one. I'm going to say it was a great was- win. It was a good win by Carlton. I think. You know what? I think most of the questions this week over the next week. I reckon you watch, it'll more be about how not good Geelong was rather than how good Carlton was. Absolutely. And it already is. If you look at
0: the papers now, it's already about how Geelong need to fix their game because they got
1: beaten by Carlton. Yeah, exactly. No one, like, you know I mean? Everyone says we're going to make the eight, but then we pull yeah. off a win and people go, how'd you get beat by Carlton? It's like, oh, screw you guys. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> can't you give us something? But with that said, like, you know, they were, they were down, the Cats were down 28 points in the third, and then cut it back to single digits. So it's like there is a little bit of foot-off-the-pedal issue still at Carlton that would be a concern. So we'll have to wait and see.
0: Okay, so in NRL last night, we saw a replay of the 2022 Grand Final match, uh, Penrith v. Parramatta, and it was a tight match,
1: 17-16. to Man, what is this NRL season early on? You know what I mean? I feel like this NRL season is not, has also not been what people were kind of expecting. The bye, I reckon, has thrown a huge spanner in the works Yeah, for each absolutely. round. I mean, the Parramatta had had... And you've seen it um, documented a few times in the media. These poor guys, they've had to take on people after having a spell. Each, like, what? this is the second time in a row they've got one more coming up. And that must be tough, especially against a Penrith side who have underperformed, all right? They're one for one, plus a bye, not happy with their full performances so far. We're all expecting Penrith to come out and basically smash the Eels because we all had a false sense of what this Eels side was because they hadn't had a win yet. And yeah. they, th- this match was unreal. It was like the kind of battle you want. And on a round that has a lot of rivalries that have just been completely pushed under the rug because of the battle for Brisbane and the, bo- the Broncos and Dolphins being two undefeated sides that take each other on this weekend, this is one of the greatest rivalries in rugby league, and it lived up to it. A drop goal after a two-point drop goal tied the game... <laughs> It was spectacular. Mitchell Moses, if you're a Parramatta fan, you've got to be super stoked now. The word on Thursday that he had finally put pen to paper um, to stay with uh, Parramatta, and he really returned the favour by... Well,
0: I mean, he had to put on a good show after all that carry-on though, right? Like, if he didn't put on a
1: good show last night then he was a real fucking goof. (laughs) Yeah. I think the other thing that'll be interesting, though, is, you know, this is all well and good to be like, how good was that win? And contract is locked in now. But now it also means that what's Parramatta now going to do? They have two halves that are potentially, you know, moving into $2.1 million worth of cap is just on their halves over the next few years. So, I mean, there's going to be interesting questions when it comes to the roster management for the Parramatta side. Moving forward. But, man, uh, it was a great showing. It now makes the ladder look interesting. I don't know if you've managed to have a peek at what's going on in the NRL table. Um, obviously, these two sides played and the rest of the round hasn't taken place yet. But the Eels with one win and three losses, uh, but the Panthers, one from two, obviously with a bye, sitting in a fifth, they will free fall down this ladder after a few of the results this weekend. Um, yeah, 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 it does look that way. That You're, you're going to see a potential top eight. I mean, look, I'll read it out to you. This could be what the top eight could be by the end of this round. You could have the top eight being, uh, let's say, Dolphins, Sea Eagles, Broncos, Titans, Roosters, Bulldogs, Warriors. <laughs> like, but even the dragons could still dragons in there. could still be sneaking in there as well. I mean, for rabbitos, yeah. there's a lot going on here in this table. Yeah. Whereas at the bottom, obviously the tigers are sitting there. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, yeah. I noticed you uh, popped dolphins at the top there above the Broncos. Have you decided that they're your team yet? Yeah? <laughs> no, I can't slip anything past you, can I? Um, nah. I look, I, I cannot, I cannot pick a side. Um, oh what I thought you I thought you were going to purchase the Dolphins jersey well, the and that prob- was it. Well, the problem is, Dan. And we've spoken about this before. I'm loyal to, yeah, I'm loyal pays to football you. and I'm also loyal to whoever pays me. And at the moment, I do work for certain teams, uh, and I cannot make a decision as to who I. So I'm a Warriors fan still this year, uh, which is great.
0: <laughs> oh, back to your roots. I like that. I think
1: that's terrific. <laughs>
0: That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors.
1: Yeah, a big thank you to our sponsors, Elite Bet. There you go. That's where you can use my little multi on. So there you go. I gave you a tip as well.
0: Of course, a big thank you to Shad Wicker, and we'll be back on Monday with your daily dose of sport. Cool, man. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, Why not check out one of our other podcasts like Lunch with Lee? Former cricketer Shane Lee talks to celebrities, sports people, musicians, politicians and more about sports, music and business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to AfternoonSport.com.